This is an episode for coffee lovers and anyone interested in what it means for small business startups and entrepreneurs to have their community behind them. I went to Belfield to meet Regan Black, who's the brains behind the beans of Kawa Coffee. Regan was keen to show me the coffee roaster that he has recently imported from Italy and has set up in the kitchen of the community-owned buildings at Belfield. I started out life as an exploration geologist, so mostly doing exploration work for gold, iron ore, copper mines around New Zealand, but mostly Australia. Being from New Zealand, you kind of want to get off a small island in the middle of the South Pacific and go see the world. I lived in Australia, lived in Seattle, I came here, met my partners, we moved to Vancouver. So we lived in Vancouver for three years, I lived in Calgary, and then came back here in 2015. And the amount of change that we've seen in Porto Valley since we left in 2011, coming back in that time. When we first moved here, there was the Malvarosa, and there was the Espy, and that was about it. And you see the quality of some of the stuff now that Porto Valley is producing. It's, it's a pretty cool place to live now. And I was having a play date one day with uh, my son and his friend were over, and I was talking to another one of the dads, and we were both big coffee fanatics. And, we're kind of talking about the fact that a coffee roasting business would work here. And you know, there is another one, uh, Edinburgh Tea and Coffee Company, over the road in Harry Lord of Industrial Estate. And they're reputable, they've been going for years. Uh, I kind of thought there'd be definitely room here for an artisanal coffee roasting business, one that actually provides single estate rather than just kind of blends for hotels and motels. So I went with that market. I started at Christmas time. Really, it was gifts for people's Christmas hamper packs and stuff, and couldn't sell it to start with. And then somebody wanted to buy a bag and it took off from that. And I went from selling one bag a week to you know, probably 30 bags a week in the space of about five months. Lockdown gave me too much free time on my hands and there was only so much homeschooling I could do. I've always loved a good coffee. I was probably in a bit of a quest to find the right kind of coffee bean that would make a good flat white. Spoke to the guys at the Green Van who probably do some of the best flat whites in Edinburgh. Started playing around with roasting coffee on a popcorn maker, then moved to a smaller roaster and then to a bigger roaster and then to this one now. So you began roasting in a popcorn maker? In a popcorn maker in the kitchen in between my son's maths lessons and literacy lessons. It was impossible to find space and what space I could find was unaffordable. When the guys at the community hall, they were struggling last year because of COVID and they couldn't have any groups in here. They were struggling to find you know, tenants to come in. Uh, so then I proposed to them that I could take over the kitchen and start the business here. They were pretty keen to support it and they were very good about wanting to support local business as well as getting some form of income. I don't know how much you've seen Porto Valley change in the years, but it's becoming, which I'm very proud of, it's becoming quite a good food and drink hub, particularly for startups and entrepreneurs. So I was really keen to have this being another Porto Valley business, if not a brand that you know Porto Valley could feel a part of. And you look at the success of Chivarino's, Bros Bagels, Amelia, which is the pasta shop on the high street, you know, and a number of others as well who have done really well because the community have supported them and made it what it is. So hopefully that'll be the same with me and the community will get in behind me and they've done it pretty well so far, so I can't complain. All of the coffee that I get comes from approved suppliers who are fair trade or have sustainability reports about the beans that they get. Ideally, where possible, you want to do direct source because then you know that the farmers are actually going to get the bulk of the profit. Dealing in green beans is a very volatile market, whereas it all comes down to the quality of the growing season that they have. And if the season's awful, the quality of the beans obviously reflect that. I mean, give or take last year, I mean, there was probably about 600 million tonnes worth of beans were lost coming globally last year because of various weather conditions. And that was another big part of the business. I wanted to kind of address a number of sustainability issues around coffee as a whole. And 
not necessarily just the waste aspect, but it's also the growing aspect, whereas a lot of the farms that I'm trying to work with, or importers I'm trying to work with, you really want to try and get low-level grown coffee. The higher Arabica quality coffee that you get is generally grown at a higher altitude, but that means generally deforestation or destroying large chunks of the environment to grow coffee. The lower level stuff means less deforestation. You can get a better quality of bean without the impact on the environment. So those are the types of coffee beans I'm trying to work with now. You try to work with farms where they have an emphasis on the environment as well because is, you'll see what's happened in Brazil with the amount of deforestation there. So I try to work with farms or wholesalers I know where the farms actually do have you know one of their principles is about looking after the environment and it's not about cutting down large chunks of the rainforest it's more about actually looking at the space that they have at the moment and how to use it properly with an eye on the fact that you know the environment is going to be growing around you and you want to try and protect that. Has that been quite an education for you as you researched it, do you think, setting up this business? Have you been uh, surprised by what you've discovered? Yes, I mean, certainly surprised about the amount of kind of global conglomerates or the bigger corporate entities that own large-scale farms who don't really have, I guess, a mandate to address environmental impact issues from the coffee industry. I and mean, if you look at some of the reports, there are some pretty shocking statistics coming out, not necessarily the amount of kind of land that is required to grow coffee, but the amount of waste as well. So there'd be something in the, in the range of about 5 million cups of coffee a year thrown out. Uh, and there's probably about the same amount in terms of actual coffee that goes, waste coffee that goes to the U landfills. And the amount of carbon dioxide that comes from that as a result is pretty scary as well. So it really was trying to look at ways when I set the business up, is how to kind of close that loop where to make sure that you can actually use coffee as well. So one of the things I'm looking at doing is all the cafes and restaurants I'm supplying to at the moment is I'll go collect the used coffee grounds from them and I'm working on turning that back into a body scrub uh, and it's basically working with shea butter, coconut oil, vegan essential oils and then trying to turn that back into a circular economy product. One of the other things you can do with coffee is you can basically use it as an insulate disc. You put wild flower seeds on the inside. During the winter, the coffee will insulate the seeds and protect it against any kind of form of frost. Slugs and snails hate it. So whatever flowers or plants you're trying to protect, or if you have a, an allotment, if you're trying to protect whatever vegetables you're trying to grow, put a ring of used coffee grounds around the base of the plant. So that's my little crusade now, having researched the industry and seen how shocking it is. So this here is an El Salvadorian Diamante. So this is quite a high altitude, small farm. So as you can see, the, the seeds are actually quite small compared to say, seeds from a Papua New Guinean, which would be a lot bigger than this. They take really well to the heat because of the humidity in them. And they, they go to best at a darker roast because of the humidity that's actually in the bean. So with the humidity in the bean, there's obviously a moisture content inside the bean. So you have to kind of let that sit at a high heat and allow it to, the pressure of the humidity to form inside the seed. Once that pressure reaches a certain level, it starts to crack, and that's what you call your first crack. And after that point, the coffee is drinkable. That's gonna be a lighter, medium roast, which is generally more like your, your Starbucks kind of Costa-style coffees. But if you let it sit to a darker roast, then you actually start to bring out the sugars and the natural caramels within the seed, and that gives you all your different flavor profiles. Amazing. And what if you want to decaffeinate your coffee? What happens to it? There's various ways of doing a decaf. So the one that I get and supply the green band to, it's called a Colombian melting water decaf. So the beans, they sit, they originally they are caffeinated and they sit in a solution. And through osmosis, the caffeine within the seed comes out and then goes into the solution. Uh, and then basically you flush the solution of the caffeine 
because this flavor profile of that seed is still in that solution. So you flush the solution, the caffeine goes out, and then you put the beans back into that solution. And then because of os osmosis, the flavor goes back into the, kind of like a marinade, goes back into the seed, and then that's it, ready to go. <laughs> this is the roaster, it's imported from Italy. So what it can do, it can do two kgs at a time. So how we work is uh, we turn it on here. No. The good thing about working at the hall here, that there are solar panels and ground heat source pumps in the building. So this is at present time powered by renewable energy. We switch it on. This here is basically inside this, it's a drum which spins around. There are heating elements all around the outside of the inside layer. Because this is fully automated and programmed, you, know, you leave very little room for error. The beans go all the way in there and they start to roast. And then from 160 degrees, it will go up to 190 degrees and it will sit there for generally a minute to a minute. You won't get any more flavor development within the sugars once it gets to that temperature. What's the most popular one? Uh, I quite like the Guatemalan because I've stopped drinking milk and I'll only have like a minimal amount of milk now in a day. So the Guatemalan I like just as a long black or as an espresso uh, and I'll probably have three of them a day. You know, the decaf goes down really well. And the Rwandan goes really well with oat milk as well, which is a big change is, you know, me in particular, I've moved away from drinking milk, or a lot of milk. Do you know my top tip? Hazelnut milk. Why never isn't everybody drinking hazelnut milk? It's amazing, it's so delicious. Yeah, I've never had it. I've had, Give it a go. I've had the, the barista oat milk quality. And I like mm. that, that's really good. So you've whetted the appetite. Where can people buy? The Willow, up at Willow Bray, Root Down, Beach House Cafe and the Beach Hut, Malva Rosa, Green Van, Portobello Markets, Haddington Farmers Market, as well as you can go to the website and just order direct from there. So you said you come in at eight at night? Eight at night, generally four nights a week to keep on top of the orders. So I run another business during the daytime. Once we've done bedtime duties and cooked tea and done the dishes, I come over here and roast coffee. To put some music on? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's kind of just a cool place to hang out. I basically get to sample coffee and roast coffee. So next time you're walking by Belfield and you smell coffee at night or buy a cuppa from the green van, raise a toast to Regan and his roaster. If you can't last until the next market day, his website is u2kawa.com, letter U, number 2, K-A-W-A dot com.